0: So last Sunday then we began a new theme and uh, it's a theme about society, the society in which we live. And uh, what I want us to do in the weeks to come is think about our society and think about how our society works. And then what I want us to do is think about how as Christians you and I should be living in our society so whether you're retired or whether you're in work whether you're at university when you go shopping when you live amongst your neighbors how should we live as christians in our society and i'm sure all of us agree that our society is a very troubled place and i'm not just referring to hurricanes uh, and earthquakes but if you think about how people live today the sort of lives that people are living all around us if you're a teacher think about your children in the classroom or if you're a nurse the patients that you're looking after the colleagues that you share an office with perhaps the customers that you serve you have conversations and people will talk to you about their lives they'll talk about their relationships they'll talk about their families and we are living in a society that is very different to what it was and we are living in a society that is changing rapidly and dramatically and very often as christians we feel puzzled by the way society is so in the weeks to come i want to talk about one thing that is hinted at in verse 16 take a look at that opening statement and paul writes there for i am not ashamed now that word comes from the root to feel shame To feel embarrassed because other people have a negative view of you. Other people disapprove of what you're doing. Now, we live in an age where you cannot disapprove of how someone else lives. You can't say anymore that you think the decisions someone else is making are wrong because if you do you'll be accused of a hate crime and so today anything goes any way of life is fine any decisions are okay people are free to decide exactly what to do now shame has gone and so because there's no shame any longer there's no sense of what is right there is no standards to do with what is wrong it's one big free for all so how do we understand this and how are we meant to live i want to start by saying something that I, you may think is a bit difficult to understand and what i intend to do is this i want to talk more about it in prayer meeting tomorrow i think sometimes a discussion is the right kind of thing to do in uh, trying to understand ideas that may be unfamiliar to us so i want to make a, a first point and then develop it more tomorrow our society has experienced a shift in values so for many centuries there were three main values in our society the first was the recognition that men and women are sinful and so because there was that general understanding right throughout society from government all the way down through every level of society because that idea was present then society was ordered in a certain way so the first idea was sinfulness and the need for repentance the second main idea was this society understood in the idea of redemption that men and women can be redeemed from the decisions they've made and the lives they've lived And the choices they took there was this general understanding that people could be rescued and then the third idea and we'll talk more about this tomorrow for many centuries there was the idea of natural law now what do i mean by that it was the idea that our sense of right and wrong comes from nature so if you look at nature and you see how nature is ordered and you see how nature is structured and you see how the natural world exists for many centuries there was the idea that we got our morals from nature and uh, there are so many thinkers who try to tell us more about that that the right thing to do is based on nature uh, including your own now hundreds of years that's our, how our society lived and within the last 50 years there's been a tremendous change and what we've witnessed is a change to the idea now of human rights that you have the right to something You have the right to be happy you have the right to form your own relationships you have the right now to do whatever it is that you want to do and no one can challenge your right to something you want so there's this idea of the rights of men and women and uh, you know what they are. I'm sure it's the right to a family life. It's the right to personal relationships. It's the right to all kinds of uh, provisions uh, that the government then is responsible for. And you cannot challenge them. And so you'll hear people say that they have the right to something. And because they've had the right to it, then other people are obliged to give it to you no matter what they may think about it themselves so you've got rights over your own bodies you've got rights over your own decisions and that's the great idea in society today so what you and I will talk about tomorrow is we'll talk more about these ideas of how society has changed but let's be clear today you are witnessing all the decisions that shock you and upset you and the great changes that you are seeing are the result of this great change in what society believes and I want to break it down further those of you who are older it's more of a puzzle to you than it is to those of you who are younger. And what I've noticed is there's a great difference in how young Christians think compared to older Christians. There's almost a great gulf between the view of life that older Christians have compared to that which is true for younger Christians. And I think it's one of the things we are not acknowledging in the church we're not acknowledging it in our own congregation there is such a difference on so many subjects between younger and older Christians and I think part of this is a reflection of the changes that we are witnessing all around us so society then i know this isn't an easy subject to think about as i say it's better to discuss it than for me to preach on it but we need to understand or to begin to understand because tomorrow if you go shopping or you go to work or you meet up with your neighbours or you see your friends or even if you talk to your own grandchildren you will be coming face to face with the way in which society is different and that what you take for granted you know you older christians what you take for granted is no longer the case in the way that society works and unless you come to terms with that then you're going to continue to be a very puzzled christian as you live your life in our society so we need to understand what's going on around us now let me let me remind you about last sunday morning we said that what we can be sure about is that god is still speaking in our society every individual god continues to speak today do you remember what we said last sunday first of all God is always speaking to men and women through creation so the storms that you've seen uh, and you've been following the news and the earthquakes as well as the beauty and the wonder of creation God's voice is still heard through creation to every individual what we also saw last Sunday and we'll talk more about it in the weeks to come is that God is still speaking today from heaven so verse 18 of Romans 1 from heaven the wrath of God is being revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men so I'm not quite sure yet what it means when we read from heaven but what we can be sure about is that god is still speaking in our society about his wrath and his anger to men and women and god is still saying to men and women that he's angry with the choices they are making about the lives that they are living and we're going to be brave okay we need courage because one of the things we'll be thinking about in the weeks to come is the wrath of god and we're going to make our way through romans chapter one now we also saw last sunday that god is still speaking by the gospel in our society and uh, what we need to recover today is this sense That here in this building, in buildings up the road, right throughout our country, the gospel is still being preached. And so we've got every reason to hope that God will still save among us. What do we read in verse 16? The gospel is the power of God to salvation. So we've every reason to be hopeful that God will save so let me just make a note here Do you have you met somebody who claims to be an atheist ever had a conversation with someone i had one this week somebody says they don't believe in god what you need to be very clear about is that is utter rubbish it is impossible to have an atheist everyone every human being knows that there is a god when the psalmist said the fool said in his heart there is no god do you know what the hebrew means the hebrew says the fool says to himself that there is no god He tries to convince himself that there is no God. But she knows there is. Because God speaks to every human being through creation and conscience and from heaven. So you must not let any single person get away with it when they say to you, that they don't believe in god and i don't know if you're like me do you watch discussion programs on the telly and have you heard people come on and they may be a politician or the scientist or they may be a comedian or somebody who thinks they're a bit of a celebrity and celebrity culture what a waste of time that is but out somebody will come and say oh there is no god because look at how wicked the world is look at these terrible hurricanes look at the devastation and the floods and the wars how could such a God allow such things now what I want you to be clear about is this there is no interesting reason for anyone to be an atheist no one has a convincing argument To disprove the existence of God there is only one reason for anyone however big they think their brain is for claiming there is no God and that's because he or she is a fool there's no other reason it is the fool who says there is no God so this is the society we live in and i want to just finish off this one by looking at verse 17 of romans 1 because in society there are men and women whom god regards as just so think of our society think of how it's changed think of the lives that people are living all that that you see now on tv think about all these things and in society there are men and women who are just now who are they you and i we are the just who are the just well the just or the righteous The first thing to say about them is that they're sinners just like anyone else so when you read the just shall live by faith paul is telling us just like habakkuk did that sinful men and women are considered by god to be just righteous and that's how god regards you and me we are righteous in the sight of god still sinners but what what's happened is we have responded to the message of the gospel and we have received salvation So they're just men and women working in hospitals and schools and factories. There are just men and women studying in university, working in offices right across our society. There are just men and women living in families where they're the only just person, on streets where their neighbours are not just, scattered throughout are just men and women sinful saved men and women whom God regards as just and uh, what we need to understand is this living in the sort of society we live in just men and women are going to struggle with their sin and if you were a Christian and you think you don't struggle with sin then you're making a big mistake every one of us struggles with sin because we are just but we are not just because there's something good about us we are just because that's how God regards us God chooses to look at us and to view us as just as righteous simply because of faith in the lord jesus christ god has sent his son as you know we'll hear more of this in the weeks to come his son we have it in chapter one he's born of david so he's got real human nature he becomes a man and then his resurrection demonstrates him to be the son of god he went to the cross took our sins died in our place it is through christ that sinners become just not by what any sinner does but because of who jesus is so we live in society as people regarded by god as just but we continue to struggle with sin. And so what we're going to see is this: We're going to see Christian people falling victim to sin in our society. We are going to see genuinely Christian people overcome by sin. We'll see ministers being overcome by sin. We'll see elders and deacons make wrong decisions we'll see church members we'll see our children and our grandchildren making wrong choices because of the pressure of society and the way society has changed we need to acknowledge it be ready for it and we need to be ready to help people when they do even though they just when they fall victim to the pressures of our society now, are you ready for that because what response we could have is to look at the jest and point our fingers we could touch with disapproval we could frown in our in our righteous stance or we can say that all of us are kept by the grace of god do you remember that phrase it's not in the bible they but for the grace of god go i or my family or my children society is so different that even the just are under great pressure so the just then sinners saved sinners saved by the gospel of god i want to end with this question then how shall the just live and I want you to turn back to Habakkuk in the first chapter so if you still have it open just uh, turn to it if you've closed your Bibles open them again if you're in Romans turn back to Habakkuk and the first chapter and I want you to see how this prophet tells us how the just are to live now many of you know the story of this prophet and he lived in a, in a time very similar to ours tonight we'll be looking at elisha and elisha also lived in a time very similar to our time and this chap habakkuk is one very puzzled individual and he's very angry with god so he's put a question to God and so often when you put a question to God and God answers you don't like what God says and this prophet really doesn't like the answer that God has given so his question is in verses 2 to 4 of chapter 1 and then from verse 5 God answers and God's answer can be summed up like this you may think it's bad now but just wait just wait and see what's to come now imagine that answer today god things are bad if you think they're bad now just wait now that's the answer the prophet has got so how does he live the just shall live by faith let's finish by looking at three things the first thing we can say is this you live by faith living by faith means living by your understanding of who God is look at verse 12. are you not from everlasting O Lord my God my holy one and then verse 13 you are of purer eyes than to behold evil and you cannot look on wickedness so this prophet is going to live by his understanding of who god is so whatever troubles there are in the world habakkuk knows that he can live by his knowledge of god and that's what I want you and I to do living by faith in our society means first of all living by your understanding of who God is and so what you and I need to do is we need to have a very clear very solid very powerful vision of who God is and we need to bring that view of God into our situations day by day, whether we are at home or at work. Your understanding of God. Then look at the same two verses, 12, 13, go down into well, let's stay to verses 12 and 13. The second thing to live by faith means you know that God is at work in the world however bad it seems however bad it gets god remains a god who is involved in the world who is working in the world and who is working out his purposes in the world you can see it can't you in some of these phrases? why do you look on those who deal treacherously, use the questions of the prophet. But the idea is: look at verse 12, you have marked them for correction, you've appointed them for judgment. The prophet knows that God is secretly at work, He's underneath at work, He's behind the scenes at work, even amongst all the nations. He continues to be a God who is working his purposes out he hasn't abandoned them he's not given up on them he continues to be involved in the world can you and I live by that however it seems however bad it gets God continues to be a God who is working in the nations he's working his purpose out he knows the wicked He's got a plan for every wicked one, every ruler who is ruling in wickedness. Think of North Korea and uh, all that's gone on in recent weeks. God has a plan in relation to Kim Jong Un. The Trump hasn't got one, and our prime minister doesn't have one. But God has one, and He's marked out their wickedness, and He's set bounds on their iniquity god's purpose continues in this world in which we live well time's gone let's give the most challenging answer to the question how do the just live by faith from verse 12 down to verse 17 if i was to ask you what does the prophet have More than anything else now look at those verses and what does he have and the prophet has questions and nearly all these verses contain a question a question about god and a question about the world and a question about society and why things are like they are and it's a question about what's going on this man has so many questions, and what he doesn't get is an answer. And so to live by faith means to live with many questions, but they're unanswered questions. And living by faith is living with unanswered questions about yourself your family about society you live with unanswered questions but what does this prophet do verse 1 of chapter 2 he stands his watch and he waits he sets himself on the ramparts and he waits and he waits on God until God gives him an answer now we've got no time to talk about walls and ramparts but they're very significant things the main idea is this you have questions that are unanswered but you continue you continue to watch you continue to wait and you continue to serve well let's pray shall we